Okay, y'all, open your Bibles to John chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 22 through 36, a larger section right here. All right, so this person, Desiree, she is so anxious to read this text. I've had to tell her twice now, hold it, hold it, she's ready to come. Desiree, if you want, you can stand right beside me while, okay. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go like, it's time. He shot the President of the United States, John W. Hinckley, Jr. Did you know that he was a graduate of Highland Park High School, Dallas, up north? Graduate of uh, Texas Tech University and Yale University, just to make sure we got north and south so nobody kind of does stupid things with where he went to school. Uh, the day was March 30th, 1981. The President was Ronald Reagan. He fired six shots outside a hotel in Washington, D.C., one struck the president, after ricocheting off the sidewalk, almost fatally injuring him. Uh, three bullets hit three others, including Reagan's press secretary, James Brady, who suffered brain damage. And then that damage led to his final death in 2014. Do you remember why Hinckley did it? To impress Jodie Foster. Who is Jodie Foster? But that's how the story goes, right? Um, how, do you know how the court eventually judged him? Do you remember the court got together and they judged him and the, the verdict was not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, now this just sent a firestorm of outrage and debate all across Congress, all across the media and college campuses, all across the United States and in every living room. People were outraged and debating, and well, Congress eventually responded to this insanity plea is what it came to be known as, and in 1984, they passed an insanity law, and the offender, so the defense had to prove that the offender, quote, did not appreciate the nature and quality of his or her acts or the wrongfulness of these acts because of not being in your right mind. So according to the highest laws of the land of this land, insanity means not being in your right mind. Sanity means to be in your right mind. Are you in your right mind this morning? <laughs> Better be careful who I'm looking at. I'm just, are you in your right mind this morning? This is a passage about being in your right mind. This is a passage ultimately about mental health. Now, we're not going to get into the complexities of mental health, but we are going to look in this passage at the most fundamental layer of everyone's mental health. Please stand for the hearing of God's word. Here she comes. John chapter 3, verses 22 through 36. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and, he, and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salem because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put into prison. 
Now, a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. So, Lord, we ask that you would, the one, Jesus, you have, you give the spirit without measure. So we ask for your spirit without measure. We ask for a double portion. We ask that you would fill us. We ask that you would equip us, empower us, give clarity to the mind, give realness to the heart. Would you give us a breakthrough with you? We ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, sir, are you in your right mind? Uh, John the Baptist is. He's in his right mind. He's so in his right mind that he's nothing like his disciples. His disciples can't even figure him out. Their disciples are looking at him like he's an alien, like he's from Roswell, New Mexico or something. I mean, they are looking at him and they're wondering, who is this guy? No one thinks like he does. No one feels like he does. No one lives this way. No one is so self-forgetful. No one is so bold and so secure. No one has such confidence without pride and such humility without inferiority. We've never seen anyone like this, they're thinking. Who is this guy? Who is this guy that has zero anxiety about himself, about his greatness, about his importance, about his success, about his mattering, about his making a difference and making a mark? Nancy and I were watching the Music Grammy Awards this year. It was like two weeks ago, two Sundays ago. We wanted to see if Shallow was going to win something because we absolutely love that song, love the movie, Star is Born, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, fantastic, fantastic song. I think like when I'm working out in the garage, everybody's tired of that song being played by Alexa. Yes. All right, well, during the show, Dolly Parton is being honored. He, there's a medley of her songs that are being done, and there's an interviewer that comes up to her, and she comes up and says, and Dolly says, first thing that comes out of her mouth, I'm so glad to be here. People act like I'm still important. And the interviewer, like it was a life and death situation, says, oh, Dolly, you are so important. It was like everything, everything was turning on whether you were important or not. 
We're all trying to convince ourselves, whether we're in Hollywood or winning music awards or we're in elementary school or in our home in Beldenwood. Everyone's trying to convince themselves this morning. And everyone's trying to convince everybody else this morning that you're important. I'm important. John the Baptist doesn't need to be important. He's in his right mind. He has mental health. How does the need to be important in your life end? How do you get in your right mind? Our story begins with a theological argument because all good church stories begin with arguments, theologically and doctrinally, right? Look at verse 25. Now a discussion. The original language is much more stronger. It's more like argument or debate. Now an argument arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew. A Jew for John is codenamed for a religious leader. So an uh, argument between John's disciples and a religious leader happens over purification because evidently this religious leader is still having a hard time thinking about John baptizing Israelites. It's still too confusing to him. Why would Israelites need to be baptized? Why would Israelites need purification? Why would good Bible-believing, church-going people catechism memorizing folks why would they need to be why would they need to be cleansed why would this need to happen of course the gentiles who don't believe in god and don't know about god they're dirty they need to be baptized they need to be purified they need to be forgiven they need to be cleansed but why does someone like me in the church and a leader in the church why do i need purification but then verse 26 goes in a completely different direction. You thought this was going to be a story about purification, but it's a story about something else, and the story about purification actually ends up being just the background, the stage prop for the real story in verse 26. And the real story is this. And they came to John, and they said to him, Rabbi, first time John the Baptist has ever been called Rabbi, only time in all the Bible. He who was with you, that's Jesus, he that was with you, that Jesus guy, across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing just like you. And everyone's going to him. My new favorite commentary on John, remember Tyndall, New Testament commentary, John Cruz, because he and I agreed on the temple. I'm going to write him a letter sometime and just say, hey, we're good, we're good. He says this, John's disciples tell him that Jesus is baptizing more disciples than John. They were jealous. Their reporting this to John implies the question, what are you going to do about it? In other words, this is a story about the need, the need to be important. Or as John the Baptist calls it, the need to increase. Look at verse 30. He must increase. Jesus must increase. But I, John the Baptist, must decrease. The must there 
is packed with a word like need. It's must, need, it's a necessity, it's necessary. In other words, Jesus needs to increase. I need to decrease. And this is being in your right mind. And this is sanity. This is the most fundamental layer of mental health. But John's disciples, they need to increase. They need to be important. And this is not being in your right mind. This is absolutely insane. And it's unhealthy for everybody, for you, for your relationships, for the way you handle your career, for the way you parent. Messes everything up. So how does the need to be important end in our lives? How do we get in our right minds? How does that happen? John the Baptist answers this way. By God's grace becoming more real to you. How does this need to be important decrease? By grace increasing in your life. I want you to look at verse 27. John answered. Now, John's answering the disciples. His disciples just said, look, he's, he's competing with us. He's taking it all away. He's taking our importance away. And his response to them, here's his answer. Here's what he says to the need for importance, the need to increase. Here's his answer. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. John slang for God. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. One thing, that the language, the original language is actually more startling. If you look at the original language, it's saying it's incapable, it's unable, it's impossible to receive one thing without it coming from God. It's absolutely impossible. Every one thing comes from God. This is so stunning. I mean, this is absolutely breathtaking. You know what this means? This means that all that we are, And all that we have and all that we do is a gift of grace. Everything about you is a gift of grace. There's not one thing in your life that's not a gift of grace. When God's grace increases in our lives, when it becomes more clear to our mind, more real to our heart, our need to be important decreases. We become sane. We become in our right minds, we finally become ourselves. We start believing like the Apostle Paul and we start saying things deep in our bones and we really mean it. I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm okay. I don't need to be more. I'm okay. 
confidence without pride, humility without inferiority, boldness, security. You're in your right mind. This means that I was born where God wanted me to born, whether it's middle-class America or it's the poor lived off the land Mongolia. This means I have the family God placed me in, whether that family's intact or whether that family's broken. This means that I'm in the family God has placed me in, whether it was an affirming family or whether I was invisible in my family. This means that I have the personality and I have the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and the opportunities in life. This means that whether I'm a type A or I'm a type B, C, D, or Z, I am what I am by the grace of God. It means that I'm musical or I'm not. I am what I am by the grace of God. It means I play D1 sports or I only get to the level of high school. I am what I am by the grace of God. It means whether I'm a CEO or a librarian, I am what I am by the grace of God. One thinker says it this way, people at the top are eager to attribute their position to their own intellect, savvy, and hard work. The reality is much more complicated. Personal connections, family, environment, and what appears to be plain luck determine how successful a person is. He continues, we are the product of three things, genetics, environment, and our personal choices. Genetics, environment, and our personal choices. But two of these three factors, genetics, environment, we have no power over. We are not nearly as responsible for our success as we think. Most of the forces that make us who we are lie in the hand of God, end quote. How does the need to be important in our life end? How does this need, this desperation to increase, to be more, end? By grace increasing in your life. When grace becomes more real in your life, when grace becomes more clear to your mind in your life, when grace becomes more hitting home in your heart in your life, your need to be important starts decreasing. There's one other thing, too, that needs to happen. Pointing, pointing must increase in our life. We must, we must see who we really are we're pointers. John the Baptist continues in verse 29, so he's still trying to help them. He's still trying to help his disciples. He's still trying to get them back to sanity. He's trying to put them in their right minds. He's trying to make them solid and secure people who are bold and courageous and who have confidence without pride and humility without inferiority, right? The one who has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom. In other words, the best man, the best friend who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. In other words, what John is saying, he's saying, listen, you are not the bridegroom. You're the best man. You're the best friend. You're not the bridegroom. And the bride, which is people that are being reached and renewed by the bridegroom, by Jesus, they don't belong to you. They belong to him. And so people do not exist 
to make you important. People do not exist to make us increase, to make us great, to make us special, to love us, to applaud us, to think we're the best. People exist for him. And bride, friends of the bridegroom, have the incredible joy and the incredible privilege to point. The purpose of pointing. The joy of pointing is mental health. It's a solid self. It's an intact identity. It's what everybody longs for. I want you to look at all the anxiety in John's disciples. I mean, they are so riddled with anxiety, they're being torn to pieces of it. Look what they're saying. I mean, it's an exclamation point. Look, you can just hear, the, you can feel their anxiety. Look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. In other words, you're saying to John, John, we're losing our importance here. We're losing our greatness. We are decreasing right before our own eyes. We are diminishing. We are losing ourselves. Do something about this, John. You see how they're filled with anxiety. They're filled with the need to control their need for importance. So now they're on this control kick. They are driven. They are trying to do something to manage their importance. They're filled with comparison. They're so full of jealousy. They're so full of envy. They're so full of despising the other and hating the other, withholding relationship from the other. They can't even gauge the other because they're competition. They're so full of insecurity. They're so full of inferiority. They're so full of, dare I, do I dare say it, depression. This is not mental health. This is not relational health. This is anxiety and fear run amok. This is the need to be important and the need to be great, the need to increase swallowing up lives and relationships. But John, John is full of joy. John has the joy pointing. He has the joy of Jesus increasing, and he has the joy of himself decreasing because John has found the secret that there is no joy in self. There's only joy outside of self into another, outside of self into others, outside of self into a good work, outside of self into loving the world back to life again. All of life is outside of self. How does the need to be important end in our lives? God's grace must increase in our life, and then our need to be important will start decreasing. Pointing must increase in our life, then our need to be important will stop decrease, will start decreasing. And there's one more thing. I want you to look at verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. Y'all, 
Everything you're looking for is right there. Do you want to be great? Do you want to matter? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want purpose and meaning and vitality and security and solidness and confidence and boldness in your life? He has it all because he's above all. In him is all the greatness you can ever need. In him is all the importance you could ever want. In him is all the winning you could ever desire. In him is all the singular significance a heart can contain. <laughs> His decrease in death ends your decreasing forever. You don't decrease because he decreased for you. When he died, he perished. He decreased. He humiliated himself. He diminished. He lost himself, so you and I don't. So you don't decrease anymore. You're not a decreasing person. And because he increased by rising from the dead, he brought you with him. He brought his, his medals are now your medals. His greatness is now your greatness. His importance is now your importance. And we just were told he who comes from above is above all. When Jesus functionally, experientially, practically increases in your life, you know what happens to you? You increase. You start feeling deep in your bones that his greatness is your greatness. His success is your success. His winning is your winning. His righteousness is your righteousness. His ability his medals, his gifts are yours. And you're in your right mind. You're mentally healthy. 